When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't nobody want to be responsible. Everybody just want to swipe to fame, swipe to money. And B, we broke Twitter before Twitter was even out. <laughs> I remember I had you, Cedric, Lisa, yes, everybody yes, was there. Oh my yes, gosh, for my yes. weekend. So then yeah. you go on to play with Dwayne Johnson, also yeah. known as The Rock. What were the conversations like back then in the days at University of Miami? All right, y'all, y'all know I'm a sports junkie. I love me some sports. My guest today is one of the rarest people on earth. He is the best player at his position in over 100 years of NFL history. And he is arguably the best leader ever to be associated with team sports. He was drafted by a franchise that had forgotten how to succeed and quickly taught his team from ownership to the front office to the lowliest rookies how to take responsibility for themselves and each other. And in doing so, help rebuild the fabric of a struggling American city and took them to the Super Bowl not once, but twice. People like my guest today prove that the world of sports can be a source of profound spirituality and excellence. It is an absolute joy and an honor to talk about greatness with the man who set the standard himself, Ray Lewis. Hey, Ray, welcome to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. Sis, what's up? How you doing? You know I had to blow you up. You know I had to blow you up big time, okay? With this outfit on, you know, I had to say, you know, I got to come correct for my boy. I should have had you as my agent a long time ago. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you did pretty good on your own. Yeah. 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 And I'm, and uh, we were talking that the last time we saw each other was before the pandemic. We ran into each other yeah. in New York. And yeah. I recently just got to visit New York for almost the first time. How did you make it through the pandemic? Well, um, actually, um, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of ups and downs. But yeah, um, I lost a lot of people. Due to COVID. Did you really? Uh, yeah. I uh, recently, uh, two months ago, I lost my father to COVID. Oh, um, so, yeah. So it, it's sorry. Yeah, no, nah, it's been tough. But I tell you, um, the seriously, perspective um, for me is everything, right? And mm. uh, and God don't make no mistakes. And, Absolutely. And I, th- and I think one of the things that, you know, COVID and this time that that we've been through, what it taught us was, Love the ones you're supposed to love, right? Spend the time you're supposed to spend with them because we all got to check our date, right? And so my perspective of what I did through the pandemic, I I forever change again, right? I'm always evolving. So I changed again mentally on how I saw physical fitness, how I saw just, I'm a pescatarian, right? How I saw eating the way I Mm. eat, how I saw the way I look at people and view people. You know, so man, I I changed so much since. So I'm just, yeah, it was a lot of ups and downs. But I tell you, I found a I found a greater me in uh um during this pandemic. Yeah, I love to hear that. Well, I don't want to make you yeah. sad. I don't want to no make way. you sad because no you know you're 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 always excellent energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But let's take yeah. people back. Let 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 yeah. people know your climb to success and share 
the secrets of your success. Like, like you said, you're always evolving. So yeah. let's start off with your early life. Born in yeah. Florida. What part of yeah. Florida? Yeah, Lakeland, Florida, small country town, right between mm. Orlando and Tampa. Um, yeah. Not a lot of people, um, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, we're most we most known for orange juice. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yes, that's where I the love- orange juice comes from, and all the orange trees and things like that. But um, yeah, it was me, my mom, um, four of the siblings. I'm the oldest of five, um, mm-hmm. three sisters, one baby brother, and. Um, you were the and man of, course, of the house, right? You yeah, always helped out, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Dad wasn't dad wasn't around. Um, I met dad later in life. Oh, that's um, good. Still, yeah, still became one of my closest friends later in life. But you know, growing up, um, growing up was really hard. It was really difficult, and so mm. I, I, I try to teach something. Um, everything that I do on my show and everything I do in life that we should not let our environment dictate our imagination. Absolutely. Because a lot of times you have to step outside of that, right? You have to really step outside to see something totally different. And me, um, even being surrounded surrounded around the things I was surrounded around, I had a vision be so far. It was so far at 14 years old. Mm. Um, I looked at one of my best friends and said, bro, I have no clothes. Can I borrow a pair of your pants? And because I have nothing. And uh, he looked at me, he was like, bro, you got it. And I said, one day, one day, we're going to make it out of here. And I said, until then, I'm going to recite our father's prayer until that happens. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? But listen to this. It says, on earth as it is in heaven. Then we're supposed to ask, give us this day, right, our daily bread, right? But forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But listen what we never do. It says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm. For thine is kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm 46 46 years old, and I chase sunsets and sunrises the rest of my life reciting our Father's Prayer. Actually, I just got done doing the same thing. I love that. I love that. But now I want to make you laugh because one of my producers, speaking about me and this hairdo, said that you used to do your sister's hair. (laughs) <laughs> you still help out with the hair. Come on, let them know. Let them know, Ray. Hey, V, my mom, my mama sat me down. My mama sat me down one day. I was 10 years old. And uh she was like, You can't go outside. I was like, Ma, I want to go outside and play. <laughs> let me go outside and play. She sat me down, V, and she taught me how to cook, clean, fold, braid, iron, plat, wash, scrub, I know that's right. everything. And my sisters, uh, my mom worked three jobs at the time. And so mm-hmm. she was like, put them girls hair in two plaits going down and braid their hair. And man, let me tell you something. And at one time, I became Kinda so like good. Kind of like my hair do today, but not with the... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, I used to make, put it like this. I used to make it work. I know that's right. <laughs> I used to make it work for sure. But it was a good, man. I, I learned a lot growing up. I, I promise you I did. Mm. And uh, what I learned the most was, you know, I had a duty at a very yes. early age. And I really, I didn't take it as, I didn't take it the way everybody else took it, right? Like we was mm. in a bad situation. But I was like, look, there's opportunity in every situation. There's yes. opportunity in it. Yeah. And so. Uh, me and my mom and sisters was just talking about this recently, you know, just on life and where we came from and where we are now. So wow. childhood was it was challenging, but it was rewarding because of what I learned from it. 
I still practice it today. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Julio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Now, a lot of people, like you just said, they yeah. find responsibility, especially these children nowadays. Don't nobody yeah. want to be responsible. Everybody just want to swipe to fame, swipe to money. You know, nobody wants to get in there and do the work. And if yeah. that's one thing I can say that I know about Ray Lewis, Ray yeah. Lewis will do the work, limping, one arm hurting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you would get in there. Where, where did you get that? Where'd you get that drive from? I saw, I saw. I saw so many people um, give up, mm. but one person I never saw give up or give in was my mom. Yes. Ever. Ever. I'm mm. telling you, it, it was never, and I tell her this all the time, it was never what she told me. It was what I was able to observe. Mm. And when I, and I tell all parents this. Your kids watch everything you do. Absolutely. Everything. And I learned from that woman. My mama used to come in and we couldn't pay the rent. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. Mm. And you could not tell her smile was different. You could not tell. You couldn't tell. Her faith never wavered. And I took that. I took that. And I said, and I told her one day, at at, uh, 10 years old, I snugged on her dress and I said, one day, you will never have to work another day in your life. And she looked at me and she couldn't understand it then. But I said, mama, just trust me. I believe in the same God. I pray in the same God you pray for. And I'm telling you, we will make it. So it was that. It was that mentality mm. at that younger age. And you know what the principles was? Now watch this, because this is what I think was really good that a lot of other guys gave up. The principles was always honor thy mother and thy father. Yes, yes ma'am is yes, ma'am. Yes, sir yes. is yes, sir. It'll mm-hmm. never change. Mm-hmm. It'll never change. And that for me, from 1410 to 46, it's never changed, V. Yes. And that's what I'm telling you. My, 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 my foundation, my faith, my Bible, my prayer, my relationship with the king. Mm. That's, that's why I'm able to go backwards and not say, oh, this is a sob story. Absolutely not a sob story. At all. It's, At nah, all. It's one of those stories that you tell anybody. We all got it in us. And I love that you said yeah. that message about yeah. what we need to pass on to our children. I mean, and to mothers, young mothers out there. Our kids are watching us. They're like sponges. They are absorbing everything you do from your walk, your talk, your mannerisms, your energy. They are sponges and they are absorbing it all. And I love something else that you said, too, Mm -hmm. that we have got to reinstill in saying, yes, ma'am. Yeah. No, no, sir. I even when I, I try to and I'm in my 50s and when right. I talk to people, and somebody asks me something. Yes, ma'am. Answer people with respect. One thousand percent. Because you know? it's the way to do it. Right. Because yeah. what because see what has happened is, you know, social and, and, and it's great. Right. Because we can communicate faster. Yes. But we don't communicate more with a personal touch anymore. Mm. Right now is now it's a quick text. If somebody want to ask you something serious, they ask you on the text. I tell my kids all the time. 
Don't ask me nothing serious over text. <laughs> if it's serious, you better pick up. Okay. And- Cause, cause right. sex, sex can be misconstrued. You can be like, yo, how you coming to me? Right. How you coming to me? Cause I will come through this phone. Don't get that twisted. Now, my mama told me that I could come through this phone. That ain't gonna never leave via no text, okay? No. Right. You're right. I know. And I tell people sometimes, if I misunderstand something, pick up the phone. Absolutely. Pick up, yeah. Pick I, up the phone. Because communication, we used to have that. Remember at one yes. time. And 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 I'm, I'm gonna take you all the way back. Remember, at one time, you couldn't even want you couldn't ask to date a woman unless you met her father first. Okay, okay, absolutely impossible. You, you better get permission. You better get you better get permission. Of <laughs> uh, now, he coming after you with a shotgun. Okay, okay, that's what I'm saying. I was raised the same way. My mama. Same way. My mama, my mother's from West Point, Mississippi, and you better not try to talk to Evelina crazy, okay? <laughs> At all, okay? Or you would get it. So now anyway, let's At go to football, because I love that yeah. we had that same kind of upbringing. Yeah. When did football come into your life? Wow. Um, 1985, um, probably in 84, uh, 83 and 84, for two years, there was a friend I had named Marty Presley. Mm. And he was a really, he was a really, he was probably one of the greatest athletes I had seen at that young age, but he was a really spoiled child, really mm. spoiled. And so I used to always ask him to go to practice with him, right? So he played for the Lakeland Patriots at the time. And his daddy used to let me ride with him. And Vivica, this is how crazy it is. Says, I just wanted to be around the game. So mm. I used to ask him every day. He used to get out the car. I said, can I just carry your pads for you? So I used to carry his helmet and his shoulder pads just to practice and give it to him. And when practice is over, I, I pick them up just to carry them really? because I couldn't, because I, because I couldn't play because mom didn't have $15 to sign me up to play football. Oh, that's Right. Shame. So, so, so when we, so when we started to go through that 1985, we moved to, to the project, which was Washington park at the time. And I said, mom, I'm going to go over here and watch these kids play football. She was like, okay, go, 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 go. Just get out of the house, whatever. So I went over there every day. I'm playing football every day, every day. And so I'm out there playing in the field, right? And one of the coaches walked over. It was two twins, and their name was Head and Biscuit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Head and Biscuit. Oh, my goodness. The name. And you know, this is that country stuff now. This is that country stuff. <laughs> but, and, so, uh, and so Biscuit walked over. And he says to me, he said, hey, young man, he said, why aren't you playing football? I say, my mama ain't let me play no football. <laughs> he was like, mm. you sure let me talk to her? I say, no, you do not want to talk to this black woman right here. No. Mm. I say, time's hard. And I was like, first of all, we ain't got $15 to sign up. Long story short, he convinced me to, to, to take me home. He took me home. He walked to the front door. My mama say, I'm not listening to nothing. I said, mm. okay, I'm gone. I walked off. I came back. He was like, come here. His my mom would say, listen, you're going to make sure your brothers and sisters taken to school, picked up from school. You got to get yourself to practice and back from practice. And I don't have no $15 to sign you up. Biscuit pulled out $15 and he said, I signed him up 1985. That's how I started playing football. Yeah. <laughs> so now, that's why I tell people all the time. I tell people all the time. I didn't I didn't search out football like football was just a thing. Right. It was just okay. it was just one of the things that was available. Yes. Right, because in, in my little town, there there was not a lot of availability, you mm-hmm. know, for men to go, you know, unless you're gonna work a 
just you know grocery stores and things like that right and that, that was definitely not in my plans um but yeah I mean that's how I started playing football <laughs> I love it now you became the best as we said yeah. in NFL history at your position yeah. did you start at, at that position line it was linebacker correct yes ma'am yes nah. I mean See, you was I, a beast too folks didn't want to be across from like <laughs> you was coming at you because you you was gonna pay the price I remember them hits she was like oh dang Ray oh I mean he hit you hard too you felt it you know I still I still got people mama's mad at me about that <laughs> <laughs> So did you start off as a linebacker? No, nah, nah, no, I actually didn't. Um, first of all, I was too small to start out as linebacker. Mm. Um, I was, yeah, I was about 150, 160 pounds when I first uh. started playing football. And then even, even in the 10th grade, I was 160 pounds. But, but football, football was secondary, right? Because my mm-hmm. best sport was wrestling. Right. Yeah. What? I was most, yeah, I was uh I was voted the most dominant wrestler in the state of Florida. Um which the then that's that why you're able to tackle and do all of yes. that movement. That's, 1, 1, my brother, 000%. my brother was a wrestler. So oh, I know. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So I know the moves and everything that you learned. Yeah. No wonder then that position you because you could get them. Transla- I mean, it translated yeah. right over to it. Yeah. Right. And so when I when I started wrestling, I wrestled 189. And then mm. the first day I wrestled, we went to the Polk County invitation. This guy named Togo Bain walked up to me and he was like, he handed me this brochure from 1975, the year I was born. Mm. And he said, you would know what to do with this better than me. And I flipped the first page and it was a, it was a picture of my father. <gasps> so I saw my father on the page and I'm like, wow, that's my dad? I'm like, whoa. And I went down every record and he had every record. Every When I say every record, he had every record. And, and, and I'm sorry, in football and, or and, wrestling? In wrestling. Yeah, every yeah he had every record. He was so dominant, the fastest pin, the most pins, the most technicals, everything. And uh, and I and went at this home. time, your father hadn't been in your life, correct? No, no, not even Whoa. around, man. Pops was just pops went on did his thing. So I, I didn't, I knew the image of him, I knew the right. aura of him, right? So I took the book, pinned it up against my wall. I was like. I was now I, I tell kids this all the time. Don't do it the way I done it. I done it through pain. Mm. I was hurting so bad. I wanted to erase his name. Mm. You see? And so when I put that book book up on my garage that I had to stay in the garage at the time, um, the goal was to break every one of his records. I wanted to erase his name because mm. I didn't know what it meant to be without a father. So I wanted to start my own thing. So that's when fast forward, I jumped into wrestling and then we had never, we had never had a state champion um, at my high school ever. Mm. And 1993, I became the first ever state champion at the high school. So it was, yeah. And then I was 180, 185 pounds, played running back. I ran the ball a lot. I played safety. And somebody got hurt. Somebody got hurt. I was really good at running the ball. And one of the linebackers got hurt. And Coach Joe said, came up to me and he said, V, he said, hey, you'll do me a favor. You'll go play linebacker. I was like, yeah, of course. I'll play linebacker. What are you going to do? And I played linebacker for a half a quarter. 
and I had like 16 tackles and a half a quarter, right? <laughs> Listen, a half, a half. And I came back to him and I came to the sideline and I said, I'm never playing safety again. I'm too close to the ball. I'm playing live. <laughs> so there you have it. It fell in your there lap you again. So yeah. then let's move on. So then yeah. you go on to play with Dwayne Johnson, also yeah. known as The Rock. Yeah. At the University of Miami. Now, you yep. became a football god. And now yeah. he's like global, global cultural yeah. icon. Like he killing it. And he's yeah. working out just like you. You guys both work out and keep that body tight and, and right. What were the conversations like back then in the days at University of Miami? Yeah, they were legendary, right? Mm. Because everybody there was legendary, right? Everybody there was a five-star athlete, right? Like who? Yeah. Who else besides yeah. him? Oh man, Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp was oh, the most word. dominant. Yeah, I know, Sapp was the I most remember. Dominant play. Yeah. Yeah. He was the most dominant football player we had seen in a very long time. But what's yeah. funny about about me and me and The Rock was he walked in the weight room um, and he just done this on his show, Little Rock, as well. He hit my people up about he was going to show this uh, little clip and uh, he walked in the weight room and it's about six o'clock, six thirty. And I'm a freshman at the University of Miami. Now, V, <laughs> remember, I didn't get a scholarship from the University of Miami. I got oh. the last scholarship the University of Miami had. Wow. Right. Yeah, they they saw me play my last high school game and the coach remembered that somebody blew out their knee riding a four-wheeler. They called me four days before the signing day to come to work. <laughs> again. <laughs> so, Why did you yeah, make the last call? Dang again. It. Okay. Again. Yeah. And so and so I'm in the gym. I'm in the gym early. Now remember, I'm broke. I ain't got nothing. I was dropped off to college with $20 worth of food stamps, one pair of jeans, a pack of number two pencils, and three. And three pads. That's it. Wow. That's you remember it. that. You remember oh, that. Oh, listen. It, it drives me every day, right? So mm. interesting enough, everything everything I did was workout, 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 workout. So I'm in the gym. And so Dwayne walk up. And so mm. he walked in the gym and he was like, hey, uh, what's your name? And I said, Ray Lewis. And he said, really? He said, you're a freshman. I said, I'm a freshman. He was like, what are you doing in this weight room this early? I said, I ain't got nothing else to do. I said, but I will tell you this. I, I promise you I will be the greatest to ever do it. He said, I'm going to work out with you. We started working out. Halfway through the workout, he looked at me and was like, we still got some more left? <laughs> I said, I said at, at, the time, at the time, we called him Dewey. I said, Dewey. I said, we just getting started. Uh -oh. We just getting started. And that's when he, uh, a few weeks ago, he put out this little long uh, Instagram about he's never been outworked in his life. The only man that's ever outworked him in his life was me. But that was our relationship. And from that relationship, we started sitting every day. Me and him just started sitting outside of Green Tree. Listen, I'm not, listen, if you ever talk to us together, you would think that we were both each other. Mm. The way that we were driven, we both knew it. I said, mm. look, man, I tell you, dude, I'm, I'm going to do this, this football thing and I'm going to be the greatest to ever do it. He was like, man, I got some plans. So every day, me and him used to sit outside. Me and him used to go in the weight room. We'd go back outside. We'd sit outside. And it was always me and him, but we always saw the future so yes. much bigger than it can ever be. And so now it's like every time I see him, I just laugh at him and say, boy, amazing what we were able to accomplish. So, yeah, man, me and him went at it. So good. now you were drafted by the Baltimore Ravens yeah. in 1996 yeah. and you played with them until 
2012? 17 years. Now, let me tell you, first of all, that's amazing. <laughs> no, 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 that's amazing. Because you know football, that, that that's a short career because of the injury. It's a short career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's keep it real. I mean, these, and these, especially nowadays, them boys is big as heck. Now, I mean, yeah. I was like, Lord, they're like land of the giants coming through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that you were able to play, what did that feel like when you were drafted by them? Is that, Was that the team you wanted to go to? Uh oh, uh oh. What? Oh my God. So I get I get the call. (laughs) I get the call on draft day. Uh I'm at Dolphins, I'm at Dolphin Stadium. Dolphin Stadium. Jimmy Johnson's the head coach of the Dolphins. Yeah, I know. They they don't have a middle linebacker at the time. Mm. So my agent at the time told me they're taking you at the 20th pick. The and Dolphins? I'm in the first in the first round, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, they say, right? They're gonna take you at the twentieth pick, first round. And I say, okay. So we throw my entire party at their at their um, <laughs> stadium. <laughs> oh oh no. man, we get we get we get to the twentieth pick, and they pass on me, and they take a <gasps> D tackle out of Baylor named Daryl Gardner. Who that? And exactly, and I hmm. was like, I was like. Wow, really? So the next team I'm on the phone with is Green Bay. Mm. I'm on the phone with Green Bay practice, Brett Favre, and they all in the meeting room, in the room. And the guy's like, we're taking you at the 27th pick with Green Bay. I'm like, wow, I'm going to Green Bay. I'm telling mom, and I'm like, mom, I'm going to Green Bay. The mm. phone rang on the 26th pick, and it's the Baltimore. But it mm. wasn't Baltimore Ravens, remember? It was just making the transition from Cleveland Browns. Right, right. In 95. Right. Okay. Right. So, okay. So, so as they were making the transition, so Ozzy Newsom, the great GM, calls me and he says, We're drafting you to Baltimore. And I said to him, <laughs> I say, Baltimore, who? Baltimore ain't got no team. <laughs> He's like, Well, okay, you go talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And then um, yeah, I was the second pick. I was the second pick of that draft. Jonathan Ogden went fourth. I went 26, and uh, yeah, that's how I got to Baltimore. My favorite team, probably growing up, all the time was probably San Francisco 49ers. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, 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 but but Baltimore ended up being it, and uh, yeah, 17 years later. So when you first got there, yeah, not a going on. Like you know, we all know nothing. Baltimore, nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, we gonna say that again. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So. Here comes the leadership and Ray Lewis. Here comes yeah. the leadership. So what did you say? You're like, we're going to go from the bottom of, uh, of the standings told, to the Super Bowl. Oh, Vivica, listen, I told Jonathan Ogden, I'm never, I'll never forget this. We got off the plane. Remember, we didn't have colors. We didn't have a logo. We didn't have mm, nothing. Really? We, I'm, I'm there. I'm there to, we're, we're there the first day. We're mm. picking the logo with the team. Mm. <laughs> How did they come up with the Ravens? Going from the so, Browns? So. What was funny is they they renamed it the Ravens, but we didn't have a logo. So Art Modell went out and he did this contest mm-hmm. on who could come up with the right logo ah, for the Ravens. Okay. And this one guy came up with the logo where we had the bird wings mm-hmm. and stuff, and it was spread it out. And then he ended up, uh, you know, finding a lawsuit, whatever, whatever. And then the Ravens changed the logo to that bird, mm-hmm. to the bird head. Um but we was in that whole thing. But the point was, Jonathan Ogden, who was the first pick of the first pick of the Ravens, he, uh, me and him was roommates. And I said, he was like, bro, 
can you believe we got drafted by the Ravens, man? I said, I said, I said, J.O., listen to me, bro. Just listen to me. Do you understand the opportunity? This is, this franchise is a, this is new. They, there is no history, mm. right? The Colts, the Colts is the Colts. That's Johnny Unitas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's old school. I'm talking, that's Lenny Mordenham days. That's Mike Curtis. I'm talking about starting new to where you can be. And I told him this day, B, sis, let me tell you something. That's why I know God is so real. I told him this day. I said, listen to me. I'm going to flip this city. I know that's right. I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip the whole thing. I said, I promise you. So I go to Art Modell. I go to Art Modell, who's the owner at the time. Rest in peace. And I said, all right. Mm-hmm. I said, tell me something that you you want that you never got. He said, Ray, in 40 plus years, I ain't never seen a Super Bowl. Mm. I said, you have one in five. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. wait a minute. I got I got it this way. So first season, what was it? What was it? What, what was the record first season? Terrible. Four and twelve. <laughs> okay, that wasn't bad. I thought you could have said oh and twelve. <laughs> I would have been. I mean, that but you won four. You won four. That was a start. That was yeah. a start. So then yeah. you guys progressively got better. Six and six and ten. Six and ten. Uh-huh. Six, nine, and one. Okay. Eight and eight. Okay, getting better. The fifth year Super Bowl champ. Yes, I love it. <laughs> now, now I got your back because you know you was famous for that dance you did when you came out. Hey, yeah, I remember that. Hey, da da da. Uh, 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 I remember. I listen that dance. If there was nobody that could get the stadium hype, because I remember going to one of you guys' game and the stadium just exploded when you come oh, down. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, here come Ray Lewis, and it was just like. I mean, you became like religion, literally in in, yeah. in in Baltimore. Where'd you come up with that dance? Military veteran by the name of Kirby Lee. He he. When I tell you, the biggest Ray Lewis fan in the world. Mm. Grew up in Lakeland. Got tattoos of me all over him really? from high school. From from high school, this man believed in me. And every time I would come home, V, he would always say, "Ray, Ray, guess what?" And you know, he he got a lot of mental problems going on, right? Mm. So. So, man, I bought him houses. I bought him clothes. I did a lot for him. Anyway, the point was, he's every time I come home, he's always say, Ray, Ray, I got a new dance for you. I got a new <laughs> dance for you. So then, so then he said, I got a new song. I got a new song. So he started doing this. He started doing this dance. And back at in that time from Tampa, this song called Let Me See You Squirrel. It was so country. And Kirby Lee was so funny on how he would dance, right? So he would make up his own thing. So he made up. <laughs> He made up his own thing one day. And I said, Kurt, I'm going to do your dance on TV. Uh-huh. And he was like, no, you're not. I said, Kurt, I guarantee you I do it. <laughs> so I went back to the crib and I was like, I went in the bathroom mirror and uh-huh. I started practicing in my gym. And I was like, hold on, let me see if I can just change this a little bit. Because I knew how to do the dance really good. But I was like, I got to change this to make it an intro. and. 1998, I told Marvin Lewis, defensive coordinator, I said, Marv, I'm going to do something when I come out the tunnel. And, and B, we broke Twitter before Twitter was even out. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm telling y'all, this dance can't nobody, I mean, 
I, 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 I used to, here it come, here it come. And everybody used to just get hyped. It would get the whole audience. I mean, the whole stadium, forget audience, stadium. Man, just, I remember I had, I remember I had you, Cedric, Lisa, yes, everybody yes, was there. Oh my yes, gosh, for my yes, weekend. Yes. And it was just, and, but then, but then Gladiator, right? I'm going to show you how it evolved. Gladiator became hit in 2000, right? And when Gladiator hit, people didn't really realize where I got the patch of grass from, right? Mm -hmm. So when Russell Crowe walked in the arena, he used to always pick up dirt Mm -hmm. and put it in his hand. So when I walked in the arena, we had turf. So I used to make my own. I said, I need a patch of grass to do my dance. So he used to always put the... So if people came to the stadium and they saw that patch of grass, that's how they knew I was dancing that day. Okay. Okay. So then... So then I put a theme, I put the whole theme and the whole movie, you know, aspect around it. You know, when I give the signal, unleash hell and all these different things. Ooh. So, and then, I mean, the, probably the greatest thing ever happened with that dance. I got off a plane in Cote d'Ivoire, West Africa, a few years ago. Mm. And the entire city, the entire city threw me a parade. And all them kids in Africa was doing my dance, V. I and I was that. like, man, this is, Life is absolutely good. It's good, man. Life it's, is good. It's God amazing. is good. Yes. God is good, sis. I'm all telling you, he's good. So, but so that's where that dance come from. Yeah. I know. Well, it, 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 it's yours. And I yeah. bet nobody. Let me tell you. You know how, baby, oh, this is Ray Lewis 2.0 or whatever. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because you go get, no, don't do it. Just let yeah. him add that way. So yeah. listen, you have been correctly identified as one of the greatest leaders in NFL history on and off the field. How does that make mm-hmm. you feel? Yeah, I think um, I think that's why, that's why that's why we live. I've always wanted to make my mother smile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized early that sports could make her happy. But to make her smile is the way people spoke about her child. Yes. And I've always wanted to make people better because I've been at some low points in my life and I've been through some challenging things in my life. But we all, but we all got this thing inside of us. And if you ever tap into it, you know what it is? It's just servanthood. Yeah. That's all it is. When, when you talk about leadership, your greatest leaders is your greatest servants mm. because I didn't, I always met people exactly where they were. Mm. Right. I never, one of the, one of the terms when you're speaking about a leader or you're trying to help someone, you got to switch out two words. You got to go from you to we mm. see a leader changes. A leader never goes to say, you need to change this and you need to do this and you need to do that. Nah, it was always, listen, we need to figure this out. Right. Right. Let, let us work together to figure this out. And so when I started going to my teammates, when I, when I, when I travel the world, same thing I'm in San Fran for right now. Um, when I travel the world, the, what everybody's looking for is what people are afraid to let go of because people always point the finger at people. Hmm. And I'm the opposite. I'll never point a finger. I'm the one that walked up to this kid the other day and I grabbed him. And he was like, you're touching me. You're touching me. And I was like, what else am I supposed to do? 
<laughs> like your, your mom them told me to have a conversation with you because you're not doing what you're supposed to do in school. So me and you need to go talk. I say, but I got to be your friend before you're going to listen to me. I don't care what I've done. The point is, I figured out leadership very, very early, but didn't understand it until I, it started to become more evident in my life that God, it was a gift. Mm-hmm. And the gift is, and it's a hard gift. It's a hard gift because the gift, the gift is most of the times, 99% of the times, you always got to make yourself second. Hmm. You always got to be last. Right. Which is and hard. It's which hard. is hard. Which is hard. Yeah. Which is hard. Right. Yeah. But the reward, but the reward. I'm going to tell you, people ask me all the time, what's the greatest thing you ever done in your career? What's the biggest moment you ever had in your career? The moment that I hear another man tell me on the field, brother, I love you, man. Yeah. See, when you, when you get there, when you get there as a leader, is why I have the conversations that I have today with brothers 20 years after the game is done. Mm-hmm. Bro, you changed my life. Right. You poured into me when I was... A free agent. I used to always, free agents was people that didn't have contracts. Right. So those was always my favorite people because I was always in those positions myself. So I used to always make guys stop joking around when they say, oh, he gave me $2,000 to come in camp. I said, I, I walked in everything I had with nothing. So stop okay. teasing people about their situations. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's a Mike Singletary, um, legendary middle linebacker who was probably I remember Mike Singletary. Yeah. Yeah. He was my coach and linebacker coach. And we played the Jets. And the defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, at the time, called the call. I'm going to tell you something about leadership. He called a call that I didn't like. Mm. And I knew the defense better than him. Right? Mm. So I'm like, that's a bad call. And I'm going <laughs> to get pissed off if I get hit and in the you mouth. Meant yeah, you I meant, meant that. You meant that. I was, no, I was serious. I'm on the field and I'm like, look, man, this is a freaking horrible call because he's in my ear. I'm like, this is a freaking horrible call. Call the, freaking, call the right call. So he ends up calling this call. So I lose my mind on the field. I mean, there's a video of this, which is crazy. I lose my mind and I come to the sideline and Mike Singletary grabbed me. And he says, Ray, look at me. He said, Ray, look at me. And I said, okay, yes, coach, I'm listening. He said, your voice, you cannot Speak to people like that. Your mm. voice carries different than anybody else mm. that, you, that will ever say anything. He said, you're the greatest leader I've ever. And this is Mike Singletary, who was my hero. Mm-hmm. Right? But now but my coach. So a lot of people think sometimes football is run, running and tackling. But it's really not. It's mm-hmm. men. Right? It's a father talking to a son. And, and, and me listening to Mike Singletary without a father. And this man says, you're the greatest leader I've ever seen in sports. And I looked at him and I said, oh, my freaking God, Mike Singletary, listen to this, V. The next we walked out of the we walked out of the game. We won the game. We walked out of practice that meeting watching the film. And he says, I know what you want to talk to me about. You want to talk to me about the sideline? I said, no, I don't. I said, I want to know if you would meet me every Monday night in this room by yourself. And he was like. He was like, what do you want to do? I said, I want you to teach me how to be a better man. Yes. I want to read the Bible with you. I said, Mm. bring the Bible and just walk me through life, man. And he was shocked. 
like his eyes got so big. Right. And almost and almost two years until he left, me and him met every Monday after every game. No matter the win loss, it didn't matter. And we had time of, of fellowship and it strengthened, that. yeah, it strengthened my role as a leader. So that's why I take pride in I take pride in being a leader. Yeah. Now your final game was in 2012. You're playing <laughs> against San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Now you wanted to, you know, be a 49ers, and yeah. here you are playing against them in your final game. What were you thinking during that game? Well, first of all, 17 years with the Ravens, and then I tore my tricep Mm -hmm. in October playing against Dallas Cowboys. And so, you know, all these reports came out. Oh, my career over, my career over, all these, he can't come right from that. (laughs) So the doc looked at me on the sideline and she says, Ray, I'm so sorry. She's crying. Like, I'm so sorry your career is ending (laughs) like this. And she was like, she was like, why are you smiling? I said, because I got my answer. She was like, what do you mean you have your answer? I told Ozzy, the GM, I called him. I said, don't put me on injury reserve because mm. I'm coming back. He says, Ray, nobody has ever came back from this injury, not in the same season. I said, I'll be back. I think Long I remember you being on the field, like literally the arm was totally limp and you were still trying to tackle people. Absolutely. Right. I know. I remember that. about Everybody was like, look, look, this man is incredible. He can yeah. tackle people with one arm and take them to, down. You got to pull me off the field. Yeah. So when I'm so when I'm on when I'm in that game against San Fran, think about how ironic it is for my career to end with four downs on the four yard line and my back's against the wall. Mm. Now. Physically, we just trans. Now, now we, we just transitioned from a leader. But watch this. Physically, I couldn't do what I wanted to do physically. But as a leader, if you would have knew the conversation, which is recorded, if you'd have knew the conversation that I had with every player between every play, tears was coming down my eyes. Mm. My whole right side of my body was numb. Yeah, I I couldn't fight no more. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at them and I said, give me one play mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Just give me one play. I grabbed Ellaby. I said, Ellaby, listen, you got young legs, boy, but you will never know what I'm feeling right now. I need you to go chase this boy down and <laughs> get him on the ground. I love it. And man, I when it. I saw that ball go over my head on that fourth down, I said, I walked away. A champion. Yes. Of what because, I believed in. I gave it everything I had to be. Yeah, because so you, to, so, you yeah. showed true leadership. That's yeah. why. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, and and after that, you said, I'm good. I've done it. Yeah. I, I, I had said it. What's funny is I said that before the playoffs while I was hurt. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I told him I came back. I called the coach um, right before we played the Colts. I called him. 10 days before, and I said, Coach, I'm coming back. Mm. He said, you coming back? He said, Ray. I said, Coach, I, my team can't do it without me. I got to come back, and this is my last ride. Mm. And that's when we, they kind of themed it, right? This is Ray's last ride. So that's why, you know, now I'm finding out later, but there was thousands, hundreds and thousands of people traveling to Denver 
where we played Peyton Manning, then New England, where we played Tom Brady, then New Orleans, where we played San Francisco, just to see that last ride. Because I had called it. I had said yeah. it was the last time I was going to dance, man. And boy, did I dance. You my did dance. the thing. Okay. Hey. Yeah. 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 Mary, so J, now- Mary J did my after party and everything. So I it was love really it. cool, man. Them was the glory days in my in my mind. I mean, oh, man, I miss so them good. days. I mean, we had some fun, you know? Some fun. <laughs> So now let's talk about retirement. So then yeah. you moved into broadcasting, motivational mm-hmm. speaker, yeah. you got workout things going on. How did you transition that and be so healthy and happy like you are? Because you're a lot of people <laughs> acting out. Now let's keep it real. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of folks be acting yeah. out. You'd be like, hey, 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 now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. how did you make that transition so healthy and so happy? Yeah, you know, what was funny was, you know, that transition, we just got to talk about it, but that transition was happening to be while I was in the game, right? Mm-hmm. I became more of a father figure, you know, just like when I was my four kings and two queens, right? So I was more of a mentor to kids, mm-hmm. like people who was playing me on other teams, right? I'm talking to them, right? But the night before a game, that we about to compete against each other. I'm okay. sending them Bible, I'm sending them Bible scriptures and just trying to keep, you know, their balance in life. And so I think that started to transition. So when I when I retired, I, I didn't retire and do what most athletes do. Most athletes retire and say, okay, wow, what do I do next? Right. I retired and, and I had so much to do. It was like prioritize what the heck I want to do. And it's the same <laughs> thing. To, and it's the same thing today. It's like, I got so much to do. It's like, how do I prioritize my time? Like I'm more busier now than I was when I was playing. So when wow. I was playing, we had a right, we had a schedule, schedule. right? Who's gonna yep. be yeah? But now I have a I have full teams that that help me like navigate through all aspects of life. And so for me, I think the easy answer was I was already heading that way, V. I was already mm-hmm. heading that way too. I knew to where I knew how I was gonna live the second half of my life. Absolutely. What yeah. makes you the happiest, Ray Lewis? <laughs> oh. I just asked, <laughs> I just asked somebody this other day. I said, how do you know when you've made it? Seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And what makes me the happiest is that I promised my family that I was going to do something when I had nothing. Mm. I tell people all the time, don't look at me where I am now, right? Mm. And along the way, through the ups and downs of life, I found the greatest peace I ever find in life. And I'm telling you, every one of us have this inside of them. When you're okay with getting up and going to bed every day with being who you are and not worrying about someone's opinion of you, Mm. happiness is every second of your life. You can be comfortable in your own skin. You own it. You own it. You own it. Be like, like when I when I bless my mom, when I bless my family, when I bless the people that I bless, it's like sometimes people celebrate. See, people celebrate us when we gone. But what we fail to do a lot is celebrate ourselves while we're here. Mm. See, I celebrate myself because of the people that I affect. Yes. You can't. You it's it's impossible to live the life that I live. And complain a lot. I'm just being honest. It is, right. man. Yeah. I can't complain. I don't complain about nothing. If somebody sees me complain, they know 
I'd have lost somebody or just something. And I don't even complain then because I know they're going to a better place. But I'm telling you, I I found happiness, man. And it's not found in people. It's found in us. And, and we've given it away, right? Like somebody asked me the other day, like, you know, man, you should you should do more on social media. I said, no, I should not. <laughs> you was, <I> don't, <laughs> don't give me another job. That's how I right. feel about it. Like, right. dang, right. Like, TikTok, it's, it's, it's uh, Facebook, <laughs> the, the Instagram. I mean, some days I just wake up. I said, look, I'm tired. I don't want to work. I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired. tired. I'm tired. Sis, sis, check this out. When we was doing what we did, we didn't need nobody to tell us what okay. we was doing or to check in with nobody. We uh, was just working. Yeah, doing the we work. We was just working. Yeah, and that's what I, what I like to do. I'm an old school, I'm an old school mentality. I just Me like too. to work. Yeah. I don't like to always show it. You know, mm-hmm, I show mm-hmm. it sometimes because it's the world we in. But right. I tell my kids all the time, right? It's two types of people on social media. There's people who like to share content and there's people who's making a lot of money off your content. That part. Right? It's, okay. it's facts. Figure right? it out. It's facts. Yep. Figure it out. Yes. Figure it out. And that's and that for me, man. I have I've I've since the pandemic, I jumped into cycling. And really? V, let me tell you something. Let me tell, let me tell you, you something. I tried to cycling. I got too much junk in my trunk because that was <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna even lie. I tried to watch out. I said, oh well, hey, well, wait. I might this might not be for a sister. Okay, cycling. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you other folks had that. <laughs> hey man, you have to stop. I'm you gotta you. stop. No, I'm but I, I jumped I jumped into it, man. And it's like like now like I'm addicted. I'm addicted. It's like mm. I found the second half of life, right? Like I, I ride but I just posted the video I just did 52 miles yesterday before I wow. came here. You know, so I do I did a hundred last time I was in LA. I do I I'm I'm I average 350 miles a week. Um, I train every day. I train every day. So it's like, and, and, and this is crazy, right? But it's the truth, right? And this is what I teach on my show, right? Um, my show shows every Thursday at 12, 12 Eastern on uh, Facebook. What's Um, the name of your show? Ray Lewis show. Um, presented by team, no excuses, but, um, exactly. But it is, I have created a model and I created a company and I created this whole movement around don't give me no excuses. None. I love it. None. I don't, I don't need no excuses. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Take care of your business. Stop worrying about what everybody else is talking about and get done what you got to get done. That's the way I live. What tips can you yeah. share with young athletes today? Yeah. I'm going to share one of the best ones that I share with a lot of them. Greatness is boring. Hmm. It really is because the process on the way to greatness is boring. Why? Because they're dealing with a different animal now. When me and you came home, we was hoping we was going to get maybe two meals. Mm. One was guaranteed, but maybe two. So everything you were thinking about was how to get better, how to change my situation how to work through my situation. But now social media is so engaging. My sons came to my house. He brought one of his teammates and they all over to the house. The best advice I just gave, I said, I want want to show y'all the difference. I'm on the other side of life. I'm 47 years old. Mm -hmm. Before y'all got, I'm 46 years old. Before y'all got up, 
I done finished my third workout, ready to go on my fourth one. Mm. I've read my Bible. I took seven phone calls and two Zooms, and y'all just moving. Okay. The greatest, the, the greatest advice I can give them is stop wasting time. Mm. You can't get it back. You can't buy it. Yes, because it the goes people, by quick. Listen, the people you will never, you will never remember. I tell most athletes this: you will never remember the workouts that you did. Those will never haunt you. The ones that will haunt you is the ones you never do. Those are the things. Time be like athletes now. I tell my babies this so much. I said, do y'all know how much time y'all waste? B, I sat there. This ain't no exaggeration. I sat there and I watched them. And I watched them for three hours while I'm coming in and out of the house, taking care of stuff. Da, 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 da. This is All your children? Three of them like this. This is your children? They, yeah, but they older. They older. They <laughs> 21 and 22. Child ain't no children. They, <laughs> they grown men. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's the world, though. It's the world, like everybody. They racing in here, looking at yeah. that blue devil. That's what One, I call it. Sometimes. That's what. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you this, sis. You got to get done what you got to get done before time is up. And I'm not wasting that much time entertaining nobody else. If I only entertain you, I'm gonna inspire you to be better. So that's what I, I tell it. people all the time, man. Live life to be an inspiration, not because you're athletic. Athleticism. That, that's passed to many of people. And it the comes and goes. People, it comes and goes. Yes. It comes and goes. Sis. I know. So, man, I know, I, especially, uh, yeah. especially if you don't do the work, okay? This is what I tell simple people. Math. Simple math. Yeah. Simple math, right? And so, yeah. look, Muhammad Ali had a quote. He said, I hated every day of training. Mm. But if it meant spending the rest of my life as champion, I'd do it all over again. Absolutely. It's my motto. It's my motto. Like what I'm doing at 46, I'm not exaggerating this. Be, uh, be, I'm in better shape than I was now than when I was playing. I see you over there looking tight, right? Okay. <laughs> I, I can't even. I can't even think. Like I'm like, wow, really? It's because it's because of what I've done with time. Let me yes. tell you something about time management. Time management will not only change your perspective, it'll change your destiny, it'll change your imagination, and more importantly, it'll change you to stop you from worrying about all the things you can't control. Time management. Y'all, <laughs> listen, I could talk to you all day, but I, I'm going to tell you something that leads us perfectly. I mean, y'all, this is my boy right here. He's so <laughs> motivating. He's so positive. But Mr. Ray Lewis, that leads us perfectly into today's hustle hack. Today's hustle hat is hashtag no excuses. Don't let your comfort zone lead you to leading a mediocre life. Your current situation doesn't have to define who you are and who you can be, but you have to do the work. You have to come up with a game plan. You have to execute that plan. Relish it. Relish the challenge. There is nothing that you cannot do if you do the work, darlings. Your gift. This gift Since from God. You're amazing. You're amazing. Ray Lewis, man. tell our, tell my fans, tell all of our fans where they can find you. You like me, you don't like to do too much social media, but tell them where they can find you on social nah, media. You can, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Ray Lewis. Everything is Ray Lewis. It's simple. Come on, yes. but, but join my show. Come yes. check out the show. I think I think you'll really appreciate the show. A lot of people appreciate the show. 
And sis, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to get you on the show, too, and you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Absolutely. So, darlings, do you know where you can find me? At Miss Vivica Fox on Twitter and at Miss V Fox on Instagram. And also follow at Stage 29 Podcast, too. Don't forget to subscribe, review, download, and listen to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you want to listen. Until next time, darlings. Bye for now. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horenige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. The Hustling with Vivica A. Fox podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during the podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.